And you're on the sport, Jack and Was with you. Um, we've got a Twitter poll at the moment, and I'm looking forward to getting our next guest uh, to uh, mm-hmm. talk about that um, because All Australian Awards Night is tonight, our time last night in Perth. And, well, we, we all think that Max Gorn will get the All Australian jumper again for the sixth time. I agree. Um, so I'm, I think we're, we're, we're right now we're ready to compare the pair. Uh, Max Gorn versus Dean Cox. So if you go to at the Sport FM, who would you rather, or no, who is the best ruckman out of those two, Max Dean Cox or Max Gorn? Well, so one was... yes, or which, whichever one. So well. it'll be interesting to see, particularly our next guest, uh, who uh, was the ruck coach at the Sydney Swans. Uh, we're going to go deep into the Sydney Territory now next. Friday night they play the D's uh, at the MCG, but to get a Swan's perspective and to get a Ruckman's perspective because he still works there in the academy part of the system, and that's Steve Torbett. G'day, Torbo. Hey, boys. How are you? We're great, mate. Uh, yes, uh, Steve, um, you're a well-known Ruck coach and you uh, guided Sydney to the 2012 Premiership uh, by all accounts with uh, Mike Pike's uh, Ruck work. Um <clears throat> Um, I've heard all your stories, but uh, tell us, who would you rather, Max Gorn or Dean Cox? Um, different eras, mate. I think that's a that's a an open-ended question which you can never answer because uh, footy was a lot different when Dean Cox was running around in the early 2000s to what it is now, but they're both probably the premier... No, probably they were the premier ruckman in the competition at that time, at the game that was played at that moment. That's the best way to put it. I wouldn't split the two of them. They're very, very different. But Dean Cox was, uh, yeah, he was a handful. He was very, very good. But the game's changed since he played. Well, that's was here um, with the new 666 rules. Uh, Ruckman are now as important as ever, uh, which is a good thing Good thing for Ruckman. Can we see that, uh, that Ruckman sort of evolving, like we see the hybrid type? Will we see more of that, or are we still looking for that big, tall tap Ruckman? Uh, I've always been the theory that um, if you're good enough, you play, and the game adapts around you. So, there's a, what will clubs look for? I know what they look for, but if you go and find a Luke Jackson, or you find a Max Gorn, or you find a Sean Darcy, you're not going to say no to any of those. They're very, all very, very different, and you actually have a game plan that fits around them. If you've got a Ruckman of that elk. So it's really not what you're looking for. It's more what you can get and then then build your game around them. So does that make sense? So you take any of those three um, and then uh, you'd build what, how you play around it. So Fremantle stoppages are a lot different to, Max, to Melbourne stoppages um, because of the type of ruckman they have in there. Does that make sense? It does. And as a ex-ruckman, do you... Do you enjoy the fact that we are like, placing a lot of emphasis around the ruck and the, and the and tap outs? Um, you know, I get asked that all the time. I'm not quite sure when it wasn't. You know, mm. back in 2005 when we won a premiership and then lost one in um, 2006, we were preoccupied with what to do with Dean Cox. Um, in, in 12, we spent more time at the selection table worrying about the combination of Pike and Mumford against uh, the Hawthorne blokes. Um, and then in 16, we spent most of the week talking about whether we'd put a young Naismith in or not. So I, I don't think your key ruckman has ever not been the 
most prevalent person you have to get right. Um, and there's so many different forms. I talk to people about this all the time. You get a bloke like Geelong where they can use a hybrid Ruckman to great effect like Blitzard. So it's, it's quite a complex question. So every club, every club, I can promise you, look for one of those types of Ruckman that, can, that are at at the centre of the action. But remember, there's 90 ball-ups and 90 bounces and boundary throw-ins a game. So it means that the, that person is at, at 70 of them. So he's a key person in the in your game plan, whatever type he is. Why Why don't they win Brownlows? Why don't they win Brownlows? <laughs> um, <laughs> I think, yeah, I don't think that really matters. I think mm. Brownlows is a very difficult thing for umpires to pick um, they win best and fairest, but they don't win Brownlows because probably I would think that the umpire, when he comes in after um, a game, he, he remembers more the guy that had his ball in his hand and kicking and marking it. He's more likely to remember Gorn or Oliver or Petrarca than he, than he remembers Gorn putting in their hand 40 times. Mm. So that's just natural. So... I don't think the players consider. I don't think I know the players don't consider the the brown. They consider the brown line media award, um, which is important. But I think there's other awards they, they hold higher. Oh, there you go. Um, so now to take us into the Swans camp, mate. I know you're part of the academy, so you're probably not at the uh, forefront of uh, what John Longmire is going to do. I'm sure you're sticking those in. But uh, tell us how the boys feeling, or what do you know ahead of uh, the big uh, final on Friday night. Uh, well, I've had a great year. They've had a year that they didn't expect, um, and they progressed. You've got to remember they played the finals last year. Yeah. So I think the the coming on of that. I mean, everyone knows about Gordon and uh, Warner and these guys, but I think the coming on of Haywood, um, Florent, these sort of guys that have been in the system for a while to become really good players is really been the plus um, they've jumped from 60 game players to 90 game players and now playing really good footy I think that's a real bonus getting Paddy McCartan to fall into the back line has been an absolute bonus um, so along with those kids which are well documented and everyone knows about um, Buddy, Buddy's still been destructive um, it's meant that they've just gone another step from last year and they're now very competitive how, how, a chance uh, how have you seen Logan McDonald this year that's an interesting one. Um, <laughs> well, I'm a North man, and we didn't pick him up when we maybe we should have. No, been. no, that, I'm not quite sure. They've quite. I've seen him play a couple of really, really good games, um, but it's been when Buddy's not there. Difficult to play in the forward line with Franklin there. Um, I know they think the world of him, and he'll probably blossom post Franklin days, whether that's a year from now or two years. I would think. Oh, so you so you know something about Buddy, do you? <laughs> no. It's good, mate. Let's see how we do that. <laughs> no, very good. Uh, no, huge game. Obviously, um, Melbourne's been the premier team of the competition for oh, you know ne- nearly two years now. But uh, are you sort of looking at them and uh, sort of worried what they can bring, or are you just hoping that the Swans can bring what they bring best? Um. Yeah, good question. I think if you get to, oh, I think if you get for my time there and since, I think if you get too tied up with what they bring to the table and don't worry about what you bring to the table, you, then you're on the back foot to start off. I, I reckon you, 
you need to worry about your long as, as much as Melbourne. I, don't, I haven't seen a side so complete as them for a long, long time. Um, I think, uh, not letting the cat out of the bag here, but I think um, I think the Swans will tag Lever in the back line. That needs to happen because he is the architect of everything. So I think you'll find someone will go to him. Um, and I, look, I, it's a challenge that clearly Geelong and Melbourne are the best performed sides for the year. And then you've got this bunch of sides, young sides that are on the way up, like Swans and Collingwood, that are, you know, poking their nose up. Probably the disappointment is the Brisbane Lions. I thought they might be a bit closer to the mark. Um, and Frio's another emerging side. So you've got emerging sides at Frio, Swans and Collingwood. And you've got the two sides out, a long way out in front in Geelong and Melbourne. That's how I see it. Now, I don't think that necessarily means that's who's going to play in the grand final, but it would be, if you, I would think they'd be the two best sides, clearly. Clearly. Well, how much confidence does the group get um, from knocking off the D's at the MCG earlier in the year? Does that does that matter at all? No, I don't think they would. I know oh, they wouldn't think twice about it because you know they just have to look at what's coming up. Um, the, the sides change since they did that. The sides change all the time, so I would think that they would um, be more concerned with their game. I wouldn't think they. No, well, I would know they wouldn't think too much back to that and get some. Oh, we beat them once, we'll beat them again. I think footy's gone past that. I think they'll be thinking they're a different side to this is the side we got in front of us. Um, I know about four of those players that are playing really well for Melbourne weren't playing then. So they'd be thinking, okay, and they just, what you do is you pull their back line apart, you pull their midfield apart, you pull the forward line apart, you find out the way, you think you'll score, then you get to your rucks and all that sort of stuff. So you put the game together like that, piece by piece, and then you look at what they've got, and then you look at what you need to counter, um, all that sort of stuff. So they wouldn't refer, they wouldn't think, oh, gee, we're in the box seat because we beat them last time, and I think they think like that. I know they don't. So I think it's more about what's in front of them. They're very, very, very good size and really well coached, Melbourne. And um, half a dozen match winners all over the place, so they've got to deal with those, which is a challenge. It would have been nice if it was up here in Sydney, but that's the way it goes. They didn't quite get the score they needed. I would have been a bit more confident had it been played up here. But uh, they've, they've won big games at the MCG throughout the year, so they should be fearful of it. And back to the academy, uh, well known that the Sydney Academy keeps producing. Uh, yeah, what what have you got coming along? Uh, yeah, it's good. Um, yeah, it's good. Uh, I've got pretty busy businesses on top of all this, so I don't get there as much as I could, but I certainly have got throughout the year and have been in touch with recruiters on you know where I think it's at. Uh, it's, where, it's where the game's going. Um, all sides now have their own form of academy, and I just believe that uh, it'll only go stronger. And then it won't replace drafting. Draft nothing will ever replace that, but you will play. You will play in a compromised draft in the next three years. So, in the next three to five years, most of the players going to the Bulldogs will come from their academy. To the Swans will come from their academy. You have to pay a price. This is where it's got to go. So most clubs are now putting enormous resources in, in and uh, I mean, the, the Swans Academy has got 15 coaches. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, of which maybe uh, I do a part-time role, obviously, but there's probably, I'm guessing now, I might be a little bit wrong, maybe nine full-timers, and that's 
going to grow to 15 next year. Oh, right. So we're not the only ones. No. They're all doing it. Yes. So that's where the money, your money has to go in 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 um, conjunction with the AFL because that's where the game needs to happen. So you'll find that all sides have their form and it'll, in the end it'll replace the draft. So, yeah. So, I mean, when you were playing, Steve, uh, it was all zoned and everything. Jeez. Is that, yeah, we'll, we'll go back there. But um, is this academy is another name for zoned? No. No. So because... No, it's not. It's not because we just recruited someone to go into the academy from Melbourne. Mm, right. Okay. So, that's- so we we approached this young player in another code and saw something in him we liked and have offered him. Now he's been offered schooling and accommodation at the age of fourteen to come into Sydney to go into the academy. Wow. <laughs> so that's where it's gone. Looking That's where it's going. Yeah. So it's, got, it's nothing to do with zones. It's to do you have an area, but you can you can go and get anyone yeah. and invite them into your academy. The problem is they're very young, so there's logistics involved. We pinched a couple of kids out of the Riverina, which is um, GWS's area. So it's not like there's zoning. It's like basically it's your area, but then you can. We we saw a boy up at Newcastle who is tied up with Newcastle Knights in rugby league and we just felt that he was really suited to the game. So we invited him down, put him through some tests, talked to his mum and dad. So it's quite extensive now, the programs, to, to get the 12, 14, 16-year-olds. Now, if you multiply that by two, because now you've got a women's program, mm. um, it's a huge program. That's it's awesome. a huge program. Mm. It's about... It's on the till the other day. It's about about a five million dollar program. Right. Okay. <laughs> you go. So it's, Fair bit of money involved. So, it's a, so, but it's where the future of the game is. Yeah. The future of the game lies here. So you got to get it right, and you got to get your coaches right there. Your consultant coaches like myself, you know, and the full time young blokes. So they're now got fantastic systems. They put guys going and girls going through doing PE degrees now work in the academy as well so and we're not the only ones they're all doing mm. so um, yeah I think it's really good really really good yeah it's fascinating no, it's, it's amazing hey, hey, we'll probably go get you on closer to draft time because I think uh, that you'd be amazing to chat to but uh, just on, on Friday next Friday night um, how much do the Swans win by? <laughs> um, <laughs> or do they? Yeah. I like no nah, I'm not quite sure I mean it'll be a re- there'll be some really really good games this weekend really good games uh, uh, in the following week I, 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 I wouldn't lie I think that the, we would be hopeful but there is a damn fine side they're playing so they'll have to get all their ducks in a row to knock them over but hopefully they're right I wouldn't want to predict how much they win by but uh, I know the club would be working really really hard It'd be a really good game with a bit of luck <laughs> Fair right. enough. Listen. Hey, Steve, we might have to leave it there, mate, but uh, thank you so much for taking our call, mate. And, yeah, we'll get you on uh, closer to draft day because it uh, sounds fascinating uh, with the way that you think the future of the game is looking. Yeah, great insight. Thanks. Thanks, mate. Not Good a problem. To to you, you Appreciate it. There we go. Steve Torbett.